0: Welcome to DBP, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with
1: each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hi, guys. So today we are talking about sleep, and we are titling this episode, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, if you can get the the spin on that. Thank you, Jamie, for the background. Uh, <laughs> for the background there. Um, so, anyways, we are drinking Luna Dora. It's a Mo- Montepulciano, which I don't think we've ever done this before.
0: It's a Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, oh, okay. which means it's actually the Sangiovese grape.
1: Interesting. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jamie. See, most people would look at this and not know that. This is a 2015. It is a 14% ABV, and Jamie and I are still practicing social distancing, and so we are apart. However, we are drinking the same wine. Yay! So exciting. So we are popping both bottles today. So more wine. Yay to that. That's never a bad thing. No. Um, And this says this was 92 points um, by Wine Spectator. So- I'm really excited to try this out. We haven't done an Italian wine in a, wh- in a while, so here we go. The pop is happening. We're going to end up cheersing ourselves here, but wow. we are going to be talking about sleep and the importance of sleep, tricks
0: to sleep better. Oh, look at my cork. What is? This? It almost looks dry, but it's not.
1: Oh, very. It's interesting. so
0: pale. This reminds me of that last one. Let's of like see the if one mine of looks the same. This wine is 14% ABV. Yeah, mine looks the same. It's weird, right? Well, we, at least we know that for this wine, it's the same on both of our bottles. There we
1: go. So, I don't know Italian, but I think this says message in a bottle in Italian on the cork. Excuse me? So, in bottiglia, mele,
0: I don't know. Oh, no. I think... If you look at French wines, it's Mise en Bouteille or something like that. I think it just means like it's made where it's bottled or something. Oh, I could be wrong, but I like your message in a bottle. Well, yeah,
1: (laughs) I guess that was totally not right here. Um, Should we cheers each other? Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. We'll just keep clinking. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) So this is a very, like, garnet color. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. You know, Um, it's kind of got that rusty undertone in the color coming out at the end
0: around the rim. It's also a four-year-old wine. I mean, like, bottled, like, four or five years. So it has a little bit of age on it, which I think is okay Again, it's the Sangiovese grape, which is funny because Montepulciano is a place in Italy. It is a DOCG of Italy, but it is also a grape itself. Which is I, I know that's why, why this is so con-
1: exactly. Sure. This is so confusing if you didn't know that. So thank you, Jamie, for educating on that. Us yes, on that.
0: yeah, no this problem. Is
1: pretty delightful.
0: Oh, I didn't taste it yet.
1: I like this. Yeah, this is good. I'm so glad we can share this experience together. I know. It is like, you know, like bright cherry, but really smooth. And there's still like a
0: savory element to it. That is one of the cool things about Sangiovese, about Italian varietals mostly. Mm-hmm. Like The indigenous grapes are really meant to, and they they claim that they pick up more terroir. And so they say like what grows together goes together. They yeah. to say that the wines like have more of those flavors anyway, just because of the terroir. So- this is certainly one of those that, uh, I mean, I'm actually fine drinking this by itself without any food, but I think it would really yeah. be just excellent with food because it, I think it has a really fresh acidity. It's so bright. So you have that cherry, you and have it's that it's, it's,
1: it's Yeah. And it's a good, um, it's a good amount of acidity because sometimes Italian wine can be a little too acidic and that's why they say eat it with food. Yeah. And like you said, I'm not getting that with this. I feel like I could drink this on its own. I do have a little bit of Asiago cheese and some almonds here, Mm. which I'll try it with that. But yeah, I think this is good on its own, even, which is unique for Italian wine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sangiovese is one of those grapes that I've definitely come to really like and appreciate. So I want to talk a little bit about the Vino Nobile di Montepulciano. This means it is in fact made in Montepulciano, which is in Tuscany. It's along the like calf area of the boot of Italy. Okay. If you're looking there. And so the phrase Vino Nobile was given to the wine because of who regularly drank the wine, the noblemen, the poets, and the popes, way, 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 way back. And so that's sort of where it came from. So it's a wine, a noble wine of Montepulciano, which didn't necessarily mean it was made of the Montepulciano grape, as is like, if you saw Montepulciano di Abruzzo, that is Montepulciano grape from Abruzzo. So a little different way, little secret in terms of when you're looking at a wine label from Italy, D, D -D D-I-D apostrophe means of, and then that next thing is where it's from. Mm -hmm. The grape is typically going to come beforehand. So that is how you sort of navigate that situation. Karen McNeil has some, of course, funny things that that she writes. Okay. (laughs) This particular type of wine. And she says that when the wine lives up to its name, meaning great quality, it has a spicy concentration, wonderful, savory bitterness, and is underscored by fresh acidity. But often these wines are thin, tart, and lacking in fruit flavor and structure. Leave it to Karen to really put it bluntly. <laughs> but I feel very confident, especially now that we've cracked this open. I was, after reading that, very unsure about this wine today. But now I'm actually, I'm, I feel like it falls into the first category, not the second category.
1: Yeah, and I like her description of a wonderful appeal of fresh, warm cherry pie. Mm. I really think that's what this is like. Like, you get that, the cherry, the little bit of balsamic, mm. you know, those savory notes. She describes oregano and roasted tomato. And then for more aged Sangiovese, she describes things like dried leaf, earthy flavors, mocha. Now, I don't, and tea. I don't know if I'm getting much
0: earth on this? I feel like the herbs like kind of bring it down. So you get yeah. a little more of that earthy floor. But one thing that I'll say, and this is in both of the, the WSET as well as this Certified Specialist of Wine certifications that I've I'm have done or I'm doing, what they really talk about for Sangiovese is that the like main characteristics of a Sangiovese wine are sour cherry and orange peel. Okay. I also wanted to mention, just because I thought it would be kind of fun, that the parents of Sangiovese, I did look this up beforehand, one of the parents is Chili Ajola. Chigi. Chiliejula. Chigi- <laughs> <laughs> I'm <not even> drunk. <laughs> Chilie- oh, Jolo. God, guys. Jolo. Fuck. All right. Forget it. Jolo. Chiliegiolo. 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 There we and go. there's one of them. And then the other parent is Calabrese di Nuovo. That one was easier. Uh, so. um, and those are not necessarily from Tuscany. And so they believe that this actually originated in Southern Italy and then migrated its way a little further North into Tuscany. And that's where Sangiovese kind of, came into its own and there are a number of mutations of this. And so there are a bunch of little clones, which is why I think what Karen had described about how it could be really amazing, but it could also mm-hmm. be really underwhelming. That is partly due to what clones you're using. It's also, you know, winemaker styles and stuff like that, but it's the clones that are really going to impact, um, you know, what, what the fruit is going to be that's going into the wine anyway. So, Well, I, I, I appreciate all of that. It's, I, it's like so fragrant and just – It's like when you picture smelling wine and you're like in an Italian restaurant and getting wine, like this yep. is exactly what you imagine.
1: Oh, and also – Forget Chianti. I'm kidding.
0: Oh, yes. No, I agree with you. I'm totally not a huge Chianti fan. It
1: feels like I should be eating like homemade pasta oh. with like some oregano, a little bit of fresh cheese on top.
0: Well, and we talked many episodes ago about – wine pairings and flavors. And yeah. Sangiovese yeah. is 100% like a great complementary wine for your Italian fare, especially when you have these tomato-based dishes. Now, because it has super high acidity, it'll pair with things that are a little creamier and things like that too. But man, this just really, I think, would be a great accompaniment to that like rich, hearty tomato mm-hmm. sauce. and Like mm. a bolognese. Oh, so like good. that. Yeah. Making- I made a
1: bolognese a couple of days ago. Oh, did you? Yes. I'm
0: impressed.
1: I know. I'm kind of like digging it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag stay the fuck home as you cooking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So actually I feel like this is a great segue because yes. now that we're all stuck at home to do, or many of us are stuck at home to do like just about everything. Yep. Eat, sleep, work, work out. Yep raise children. We're finding, we're finding different ways to work out. Yep. We're finding different ways to do everything, but that also means that it's more difficult for you to not take work home with you. Mm -hmm. And like, normally they say like, leave work at work. Don't bring it home so that you can have like a place to calm and, you know, find your, your peace and quiet. That is no longer a possibility. Guess
1: what people, your home is like pretty much your fortress right now.
0: And not to I mean, like for those of us who have worked from home all the time anyway, it's slightly better. We're not like in like a huge flip with, you know, regular daily life, but this is still challenging because, you know, we're in the whole like social distancing and potentially shelter at home. So that impacts your sleep. It does.
1: And, you know, here's the thing. Sleep is super important right now for everybody because it keeps your immune system up. And so like, we need to all be getting good sleep so that if we do get sick, that we can fight whatever it is. And so we need to be getting, we need to be eating well and we need to be exercising and we need to be sleeping well. Mm -hmm. And so this is the perfect time to talk about sleep.
0: So Um, Sarah, what kind of a sleeper are you? Like, do you, are you, are you a good sleeper? Usually, yes. Yes.
1: You know, there's been times where I've, I've gone through bouts of periods in my life where I've had some insomnia for sure. You know why? Do you know what caused that? Probably anxiety or thinking about things too much. Like your brain just doesn't shut off, you know? But you know, as of late, that hasn't been the case. Once I fall asleep though, I'm usually out. Here's the thing with me. I do most of the time have to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Okay. But I also, you know, I used to sleep on an I know we're not going to talk about like sleep positions, but I used to sleep on my stomach growing up until like as a young adult, but now I am like a back sleeper and I heard that's healthier for you, but I don't know why, but I'm a back sleeper and I also do this weird thing where I throw my I put my arms up.
0: You do not.
1: Are you serious? I sleep like a like Adams like Like with I've your never, arms up? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Adams like I've never seen anyone sleep like this. Like To the point where sometimes I wake up in the morning and like my shoulders kind of like are sore. That's what I would expect. I just it I don't know what and I cannot explain it. But the other thing about me as a sleeper is once I fall asleep, I don't really move. Like if I'm sleeping by myself in a bed, the whole bed will be pretty much made except exactly where I was.
0: That's pretty convenient. I'm not one of those people who like needs the whole bed. Like I I can have a little space. Yeah, the opposite of you. So what about you? I have a number of problems when it comes to sleeping. <laughs> I have hypotheses mm-hmm. about all of it. One of my problems is that I have a difficulty turning my brain off, but it's not yep. even like it's not like I think about work stuff or other things like that. Like when I was going through training to be a fitness instructor, I would literally in my sleep be running through my warm-up routine. I oh yeah, I've I've,
1: I've, I've done things like that. Mm-hmm. I listen
0: when Sean is like recording stuff for music like I The other night I was laying in bed. I probably slept like three hours that night because Mm -hmm. I kept waking up and I kept hearing this one thing over and over and over in my head that he was re-recording like all day long. And so, you know, I have tried like sleep apps, white noise machines and things like that, but I always pick up patterns. So that is a problem for me but I also like tend to get really hot when I sleep Yep, same oh god we are the same there yeah but but the difference is that I tend to wake up because of it so you sleep through the night but if I wake up no
1: no 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 I would wake up because of heat
0: You do okay. Oh yeah, I've gone. I have woken up in
1: the middle of the night and gone down and lowered the heat in my house. I just know now exactly what temperature it needs to be on for me to be okay. So every night, part of my ritual is turning the heat down before I go to
0: sleep. Yes, I am not not a good sleeper generally, and I usually I will admit like there are times where like I take Zequel every night for months at a time.
1: So this is the perfect. Episode for you to kind of like
0: it is. I really like, look. I really wanted to do this because I think I need some new ideas. I've tried yeah. some of them, so we can talk about that. But I need some new ideas to help me figure out. Test I hear you. Out. So, why else is sleep so important? It's important for your
1: health, your mood, just pretty much everything. So, like, bad sleep can cause increased risk of cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure diabetes, obesity, depression, memory issues, yeah, falls or
0: accidents. Oh my God. Like the girl who hit my car. Yes. She, the moment she got out of the car and I was like, what the heck? And she goes, I'm sorry, I haven't slept in two days. I'm like, you shouldn't be driving.
1: Yeah. They actually say those kind of people, like if you haven't had sleep in a few
0: days, it's as bad as drunk driving. Yes. And many people don't appreciate that. In fact, Mythbusters that show. I don't know yeah. what it's on, but they actually tested this. They okay. tested, not drunk driving because they know that's bad, but they tested yeah. impaired driving due to lack of sleep. And man, it was so interesting. It really, I mean, it legitimately was proven uh, that they are practically one and the same. So yeah. the other thing that I thought was really interesting, I found some, like an article where it describes sleeping As being an opportunity to wash out your brain Okay I mean it kind of like resets everything right And your cerebrospinal fluid Actually starts to like go through And cleanse your entire body Um, That is interesting It's basically like a car wash for your body system I guess But it also regulates your hormones That is true
1: And you know it has been shown that people who Don't get enough sleep like let's say five hours They have shorter lifespans Yeah same as people who like work third shift their whole life or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing. So it is really important and it is important to boost our immune system. So perfect timing because we all need our immune systems to be up higher. Perfect up.
0: timing. Yeah. So the what's interesting, Sarah, is that a couple of weeks ago, it was actually like the annual sleep awareness week. I didn't know that. Really? Was- yeah. I guess the National Sleep Foundation does this Thing and it's you know, it's supposed to be a national thing. Um, I saw it on Good Morning America briefly. It started March 8th. Okay, it starts the day after daylight savings time and it runs so the 8th through the 14th. It really highlights the importance of sleep in our daily lives and encourages everyone to learn about healthy habits, practices, and routines mm-hmm. that can improve our sleep quality and overall health. So kind of addressing and you know circumventing those issues that you already described um, yeah. minutes ago. But there is an interesting poll that happened. And so I wanted to share a few details from that. Do it. All right. So- the average U.S. adult feels tired during the day at least three out of seven days each week.
1: Wow, that's, that's like, like, that's a lot. That's, that's almost
0: lot. 50%. Yeah, but here's this. More than a quarter, so more than 25% actually feel tired five to seven days a week. That basically means like Monday through Friday, you yeah. feel exhausted, which it's a work week, I get it. I, I'm And I'm making this assumption. But so of that, group, the ones who felt that they felt tired five to seven days a week. Um, They also reported regular headaches. 52% of them reported regular headaches. 40% of them felt irritable regularly. And 34% felt generally unwell. That's not good. How much sleep should we be getting? For those of us aged 18 to 64 is seven to nine hours a night. Okay. Uh, That seemed to me, that seems like a really large range. And I, I mean, I guess it's like just play with the number and see how it affects you. But for those who are 65 and over, they say seven to eight hours.
1: Okay. I know you need less sleep as you get older. Really? Um, Yeah. Which for me, I feel like that's the opposite. I feel like when I was in college, I could function off five hours of sleep. And now I'm like, yeah, not so much. Did you not used to pull that. all-nighters? So I do remember one time pulling an all-nighter for a final with my roommates. And we just like, we literally stayed up all night and then went to our final exam. But yeah, I, I mean, just I one used time? to be, well, it was, no, it was a few times, but I used okay. to be like the kind of person who would like, so I, I'm a night owl.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I can stay up till midnight cleaning my house, doing all sorts of things. Like, I don't like getting up early. Like,
0: that's my thing. Like Yeah, no.
1: And when I say early, I mean before 8 a.m. So, like, <laughs> I know for some people, like, that's,
0: you know. That's like 8, people's 8. work day starts at 8. I start work at 8, but I usually don't get yeah. out of bed too much beforehand.
1: But what, that's, like, if I could wake up at 8 every day, I'd be fine, you yeah. know. Like, I don't sleep until 10 or 11. I can't do that, even on the weekends. Yeah, usually I can't. If I'm asleep till like 8.30, I'm like, wow, that's great. But I'm a night owl. Like Mm -hmm. I could be up till 2 a.m. doing all sorts of things. Yeah. So when I was in college, like I used to do that. I would stay up till 2, 3 a.m. studying and be up at 7 a.m. and go to class. And I was
0: fine. That sounds terrible. It
1: is awful. Like why? And also I used to party a lot. You know, like I would party that, and so like
0: that impacts things for sure
1: yeah but you know i somehow hold it together i don't know yeah I, um i but, also think females need more sleep than males probably because of the hormone situation yeah like
0: to regulate that stuff
1: because lord knows we've got more complicated hormone issues that's exactly for sure, right?
0: well there's a whole um, thing about like anyone who's going who's pregnant or anyone who's going through menopause like has like more issues with sleep. Oh, for sure. I mean, that that has to do with your hormones and your your body temperature fluctuations. So there are a number of things that we can and should do in order to ensure we have a better night's sleep. And uh, so bringing it back to that survey or that poll, some of the recommendations that came out of that from the National Sleep Foundation were to make sure that you maintain a comfortable bedroom temperature, which we talked about. And this is this I think is hilarious. Uh, it says studies show sixty five degrees is optimal, but everyone's different. I, I know at my well. parents' house; it's like sixty five degrees, but here it's not. It's like seventy one. I'm high. like sixty nine is good. That's I would prefer that. Yeah, yeah. They say minimizing exposure to noise and natural light while you sleep. So you know, you mentioned that that like third shift situation. It's really important that you use like those blackout curtains. Then I think. Like if yeah. you have sort of a a mismatched cycle, right? Avoiding caffeine or alcohol right before bedtime. I know that's the caffeine might be a little easier than the alcohol thing. I don't know what you're talking about, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how those Italians do it—drinking uh, espresso like right before bed. Okay, so I'm one of those people, though. Are you? I, wait, you mean you can do it and it doesn't impact you? I can have caffeine right before bed and I sleep just fine. I used to be like that and gradually it has just, it, it kicks me. So I can, I usually no longer have caffeine after like two or 3 PM. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it's that Middle
1: Eastern background. Maybe. <laughs> same, We're the same as the Italians, just drinking Maybe. coffee and tea until like the wee hours of the morning. Oh, I wish. So yeah, I'm usually, I'm usually Okay. I don't know. It doesn't affect me. Rub it in. Why don't you? I know. Right. But I can't handle Like you were talking about minimizing noise, white noise, anything like that drives me crazy. I cannot mm-hmm. sleep. If there's white noise, like Adam likes to listen to the rain. He puts his rain thing uh-huh. on. I just want to take it and throw it out the
0: window. <laughs> like I need it to be like quiet, dead quiet. All right. So for instance, this morning at like, I don't, I didn't, I tried not to look at my clock. I think it was somewhere around four or five. Um, there was an owl hooting outside of our window. I would freak the fuck out. I was Sorry so pissed. Sorry for my language, so guys. I ha- Sarah, this is I know, I know an explicit I know. podcast. I know.
1: All right. I, I can't. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with the sounds. I can't deal with, like, someone, like, clearing their throat. I can't deal with a bird. Like, no. Just yeah. no.
0: Well, no. so I used to be like that, and then – I kept hearing so many weird things like weird creaks, noises outside, especially because like we live in a place that has, you know, more outdoorsy stuff behind us. And so it's annoying as fuck when you hear the animals and this owl, this is the first day I've heard this owl. And so in order to cut it out, I had to turn on my, um, my sound machine app. And I honestly, here's the other thing. I can't listen to all of the sounds because I can find the repetition. And then when I find repetition, my internal metronome starts kicking in and I feel like I'm back at band and I can't not listen to the, like pay attention to the loop. Oh my God, guys. That's insane. It's fucked up. So <laughs> I have to like change it every few weeks or something. It has to be fully vetted that I cannot pinpoint a specific track or anything like that but it's crazy jamie i know so I know. what else what else do we need first okay so other things that might seem obvious but i think often go overlooked are a comfortable mattress a supportive pillow and breathable sheets okay the other thing is avoiding strenuous exercise within three hours of bedtime yeah so i'm glad i avoided that by doing it before we recorded. Yeah, because couldn't do it what after.
1: happens with that is I think your energy level is too high up.
0: But so do you tire yourself out.
1: I don't know that that, but there's something about trying to like only do like you could do yoga or something, but like doing a spin class like what I do at like nine p.m. is probably not a good idea.
0: No, probably not smart.
1: Yeah. No. What about temperature? How important is it? I know we talked about it. Like I can't handle being hot at night. Like it's like the worst.
0: No, I know. So uh, basically, your body temperature rises and falls, albeit relatively minimally, but it is also tied to your sleep schedule. So when you get tired, your temperature naturally starts to go down. And they say that your lowest temperature hits around like 5 a.m., assuming that you have like, you know, the normal like 9 to 5 and go to bed yeah. at actual nighttime. It will climb slightly as morning begins. And so the if you're too hot when you sleep it can interfere with the body's natural dip and so it'll make you more restless through the night this is what i think i have
1: amen yep if
0: Agreed. i wake up and i can register how hot i am and it's usually right at my low back it's off i have to go out and get a washcloth and wipe myself down with a cold washcloth or sometimes i'll just come sleep on the couch and it's like i have like no blankets on or whatever because even being in the bed my body's heat has like sunken into the mattress and into my pillow and it, I can't escape it. Oh, Jamie. It's a problem. It's a problem, yeah. A
1: problem. So what about the mattress? Is that something that we should be paying attention to as well? I know there's like all those different mattresses that you can
0: adjust the firmness and whatever. Oh, mm-hmm. That's certainly, you know, to your own preference for sure. I mean, different bodies have different feelings or different needs. So they do say that you should replace your mattress every eight years or so. Of course, it kind of varies depending upon manufacturer and, you know, what style and all that stuff. But the other thing is that they say that you should have a slightly firmer mattress if you are younger, but as you get older, you might require something that has a little extra give to it just because of like the sensitivity of your joints and whatnot. You know, the memory foam is definitely really popular these days. I mean, we see so many different mattress brands that are coming up that are like outside of the box. Like they're not like your you know, mattress firm or something like yeah. that. Yeah. They are, although I think mattress firm now sells these, like Casper and the Lisa and Purple. Is that another one? Oh, I don't even know. I think. And I have so- a regular mattress. Yeah, we do too. I mean, my dream is that when we get like a house is to get a king size mattress so there's more space, but also to kind of reevaluate like what type of mattress we have. But for some people, it, that's not what they want. They want something that's firmer. And I think that's usually the way that I tend to go. So those ones like the sleep numbers or something where you can adjust the firmness and the height of it and things like that. I think that is actually really cool technology. Really expensive technology. Yeah. But really cool.
1: Yeah, and I think also it's, you know, a lot of it's about preference. The Tempur-Pedic mattresses, I've never been a huge fan, on, yeah. fan of. I've slept on those a few times, but you know, eight years. Yeah, I mean, it could be 10. I think the way you know is like is your mattress sagging in the middle? If you sleep next to somebody when that person moves that you're not disturbed?
0: That's and like those also- commercials where they drop like a bowling ball on one side. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? And also, um, you know, if you're tired or stiff or, you know, or if it's like even, not even just sagging in the middle, but sagging where you're, where you're sleeping, then it's probably time for a new mattress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they say too, like, it's not just the mattress that you need to replace, but your pillows. I mean, pillows certainly have a shorter lifespan. They're smaller. Some doctors actually recommend replacing them every two years. Oh, okay. But I mean, I like a flat pillow. I'm not going to lie. You like a flat pillow? You know, sometimes I actually find that I sleep better with my head just directly on the mattress. I know that sounds weird, but sometimes that's been like a savior to me. Yeah. Um, They do say that you want a pillow that'll support your head and neck by allowing them to stay in a neutral position without craning, like tipping forward, like text neck or whatever, because our necks are already there, but also any awkwardness. You know, I know that there are other pillows that are designed for like side sleepers versus back sleepers. You know, but that too, it's very up to your personal preference. It's true. It's true. What what else? What about what about like the your sheets?
1: I think that you really want cotton, but there's other new fabrics that can actually help with heat and moisture. I don't know if they actually work though. I'm a, I'm good with the like 1000 thread whatever that is, cotton. I'm I'm good with that
0: like yeah. Egyptian cotton, I'm, I'm okay with that. I've heard a number of suggestions, like flannel sheets, I don't want. No, ever. no, get, oh, get away from me. That sounds Stop terrible. Stop it with your flannel. Stop okay, it with
1: yeah. your flannel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like these ones that claim that they like wick away moisture or like bamboo sheets or Actually, I think I bought bamboo sheets once. Did I do that? I don't remember. I don't they have these and they're supposed to pull, like pull heat away from your bodies. I don't that sounds like a workout attire to me. Like, I don't okay, know. Yeah. Does I it agree. really work? Like does I it have, have like no ventilation idea. areas in the right spots or something? I'm very skeptical of that stuff too. So I'm I'm in your boat. But people swear by them. So I can't imagine that they are all for, you know, just making up lies. Yeah. You I should think also it's whatever wear, you're comfortable with. Yeah, true. And you should also wear like breathable pajamas. Again, like flannel is not breathable. Or like socks. Like I don't sleep with socks. The only reason I sleep with socks is if I put lotion on my feet. Oh, that's different. Yeah. But like just generally sleeping with socks, I feel like it's not a good idea. No, I always love like hearing stories of like people doing it with their socks. I'm like, really? Oh, really? Really? Oh, I feel like that's a joke. No, that's weird. Like, oh, keep your socks on. It's like, what?
1: Why? No, that's weird. That's weird. No, No, just no, no to that. No, no to the socks in the bed for all things. Hard pass. Hard pass. All right.
0: (laughs) Um, what about, what else, like, what are some other things? I mean, I have never been like a massive snorer unless I... I'm like sick or something like I'm like congested like allergies or I have a cold or whatever there are some serious problems that can happen when you sleep like snoring can certainly impact you or your partner's sleep
1: yes yes no snoring's a big problem like some people who snore you know like you might have couples who end up sleeping in different rooms because the snoring can be so bad one couple that we're friends with that
0: is like that I'm remembering one time I slept at the hostel when we were in, like, Amsterdam or something, and there was this dude, Alex, from Australia, and he was sleeping above me in this bunk, and he snored so loudly that the whole bed frame was, like, shaking like an earthquake, and I couldn't... The noise and the vibration, I could not sleep. I checked earplugs, and, like, I ended up sleeping with Sean in his twin bed across from me. I know. Yeah. I would not be able to do it. Uh, uh-uh.
1: But like, I was surprised that he didn't wake himself up. Um, well, people don't, you know. So something people really need to be cognizant about is, is sleep apnea. So is that, that's not snoring? Well, snoring can be a sign of sleep apnea, but it doesn't okay. mean that if you snore, you have it. Okay. So you what know? exactly so, is sleep apnea? So obstructive sleep apnea happens um, because you have like a narrowing of your airway. So what happens is, is when you're sleeping, the muscles in the back of your throat actually relax and these support the soft palate or that little piece of tissue, that's hanging from the soft palate, um, the tonsils, um, your throat and your tongue. So when this, when these muscles relax, when you sleep, your airway narrows or closes as you breathe in, but if you can't get enough air in, then you lower the oxygen level in your blood. Mm. Your brain senses that it's not breathing and then it tries to wake you up from your sleep so that you can reopen your airway. Oh, God. But usually, people, it's so griefful. People, you don't remember this. So you might snork, snort, choke, gasp. And then this can happen five to 30 times or more each hour.
0: Holy oh, crap. Nice. So, if so basically, what you're saying is that you're continually like woken up. So you never actually hit that REM cycle. It's like if someone just came up and poked you just like a little bit.
1: Exactly. Just like so you, you m- might not
0: totally fully register it, but you like it's bothering you. Yep. So you never get to that deep
1: restful mm. phase of sleep. Okay. So it's a problem for a lot of people and they might not know it. Or, um, you know, their That's partner, compl- like your par- the partner who sleeps with them might say, you're choking or gasping for air or something like that, and that's how they know. But some so, signs are – Yeah, I was going to ask. What are some signs? Like how would you know? Yeah. So if you have signs like loud snoring is one. If you're very fatigued and somnolent during the day, it's another. Um, obviously, gasping for air during sleep. Um, When you stop breathing during sleep, that's – apnea means like basically you're not breathing irritability during the day. And then if you wake up with like a headache or a dry mouth, those can also be signs. So those are signs. Yeah. So if you have those signs, you should definitely talk to your doctor about getting tested. Because it can cause things like heart disease because you have drops in oxygen in in the blood when this happens. And this can strain the heart because the heart's trying to keep up. Yeah. Um, So hypertension, it can contribute to diabetes, to, to mood disorders, um, fatigue, oh, right. irritability, all that stuff. Um and I get this so, when I'm really tired. Yeah, exactly. Other risk factors for this is like unfortunately males over females. I mean fortunately for me and you, but unfortunately. <laughs> for those guys. Yeah. If you are carrying a little bit of weight on you, so you know, obesity, as you get older, you're at risk for this. Um, oddly enough, your neck circumference. So the thicker your neck, the more you're at risk because this actually can mean that you have a narrow airway. Um, Family history, smoking, excessive use of alcohol, narcotics, or sedatives. And then if you have already heart disease or stroke. So those are all risk factors. So it's something to be aware of yeah. um, and to know
0: that if you need to get tested for it. Okay. So...
1: Yeah. Because And
0: if you get if you need to get tested, you can go to like a sleep clinic or something, right?
1: Yeah. So okay. sleep clinics. We have a family friend that owns a sleep clinic. Um I think it's so cool. Basically, you like go to sleep in a oh. clinic. And so the room looks like a hotel. And Aren't you like, like actually, a bunch of wires and shit though? Yeah, it's actually like a medical lab. So each room has a bed and then equipment that can help detect sleep problems like that monitor brain activity eye movement heart heart rate snoring body movements like pretty much everything Jeez. so it's really cool cuz you're totally being monitored i mean you get these you're going to have like electrode sensor electrode sensors placed all over your body and then like somebody's monitoring all the data that comes in i mean so, that's super
0: cool and nerdy from that perspective yeah there's also if you need some more information i would just say american academy of sleep medicine uh, exists and you can find some yeah. resources there too check it out for more details about kind of what your next steps should be there
1: so yeah I think that that's something to be everyone should be aware of yeah um, is sleep apnea but um, so what about just like you know trying to what are some ideas to try and help sleep because I mean we all are, are I'm sure a lot of us have some anxiety right now you know
0: yeah in this day and age who doesn't right You mentioned one of them before, and I think, uh, you know, that's definitely something that I've thought about trying. What's that? Um, Is like meditation or yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even doing like 10 to 20 minutes a day. So like doing things, I mean, I've also heard it for, you know, if you have restless leg syndrome, like doing like legs up the wall and sitting there for a while, uh, that can help. But doing some nice light stretches can certainly help ease tension in your body it can help you come to a more mindful place. Um, and there's, uh, there's like certain bedtime meditations you can even do.
1: Yeah. So I actually am using the Peloton app right now since we are working out from home and they have a, they have sleep meditation on there. Is that, did you try it yet? I have
0: not yet tried it, no. I know but. you said you like, like dead silence when you sleep, but yeah, I, can no. you give one a listen and just like report back to me because- Yes, definitely. I won't mm-hmm. lie. Uh, I think it's
1: basically meditation before you go to sleep. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, I think that would be really interesting. I've, you know, in addition to that, it's sort of like letting your mind kind of unwind from things. So I think, Some of the other things that I have heard of and have um, definitely tried are like reading a book, like taking away a screen, right? So I'm not reading on a Kindle. Mm -hmm. At least I'm not reading on like my iPad Kindle app or something like that. Yep. That has that blue light behind it. And so if like, I have like the long time ago, like paper white Kindle so that it doesn't have that backlight. And I bought it specifically because of that. But Um, Or reading a regular book just because your eyes no longer have that screen strain. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: That's definitely one um, journaling. Okay. That's another one that they say is good. It can also like, not just because it takes your eyes away from something that's like a screen focus, but also because it can help you, especially if you find that you have a lot of anxieties or, you know, there's a lot in your mind and you don't want to, you don't want to forget something. Like you have an opportunity to kind of write down and either reflect on your day or also just kind of put all of your anxieties like down on paper so that you're like, I've got it down. I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's there. I won't forget it. I can revisit it, uh, all of the above and kind of do that. Right. That was, you know, kind of interesting.
1: I think those are all really good tips. What else can you do? What about like aromatherapy?
0: Oh yeah, there are definitely some that some scents that are, or that are more likely to relax you. Lavender. Is, oh, I love lavender. I do too. Mm-hmm. I've I've like taken the essential oil and like rubbed it on the insides of my wrists, mm-hmm. put it at my temples, behind my ears. I use lavender lotion sometimes, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I thought was really nice. Actually, I'm gonna do a plug. They're not a sponsor, but Lush Cosmetics those stores, they have this sleepy time or sleepy. I can't remember which one is called lotion. It smells amazing. It feels amazing. I should have bought the big jar because now I'm out. But (laughs) that was like, it was very nice. And I actually, I think that that helped a little bit because it was very, it's very calming and soothing. So lavender, I think is really popular and you can find it just about anywhere. There's this other one called damask rose, which I love. The scent of rose, I don't know. I think that so. I had this little game thing when I was younger that had like fake rose smell, and I I fear that that I would like my brain would go there and I would just focus on like nostalgia. And so, okay. I'm inclined. I mean, lavender works great for me, but rose, I mean, is definitely an option. They sell like sprays, or you can spray it on yes. the pillow. Right? yes, there are sprays for the pillow. Yeah. And there are like the rollerballs like you were talking about.
1: Some hotels actually even have them now. Really? And yes, I have one from a hotel. It's pretty cool. What hotel? Because now I want to I think it here. was the Westin. No way. But I could be wrong. So, you know, don't quote me on that. All right. um, All right. But yeah, other things that you can do. This is what I, this is, well, don't watch the clock. I'm oh, so bad at that. If I can't I sleep, too. I'm always like, what time is it? What time is it? And I am hard too, to Calculate like, like how many hours, you know, you have left.
0: Mine is, mine is basically like, did I actually sleep or do I need to go back to sleep? Because it's like, if it's early enough where I'm like, I'll be getting up in 10 minutes anyway, it's like, just get the fuck up.
1: No, if I can't sleep and I keep looking, it's 3am like,
0: yeah, yeah. and then I'm like, oh my God, I only have three more hours or something. So you know what though? If you find that you do that, I wonder if this might help. There is this thing called paradoxical intention. Okay. Basically, it's like reverse psychology yourself. Oh. You focus on trying to stay awake instead of trying to fall asleep. Oh, Uh, I have never done that before. I had never heard of it until I recently did some research. So it's based on the idea that the stress and anxiety produced by forcing yourself to fall asleep can prevent you from relaxing and snoozing. So they basically say that this is like a reverse thing where it's like you're, you're spending your time and you're stressing on staying awake. And so thereby you get tired and you want to fall asleep. Huh? Yes. There's another thing that you could try if you are like up and you're like, oh my God, I only have three more hours. It's called imaginary distraction. Okay. And so you just think, basically you follow Peter Pan's advice and think of a happy thought, any happy little thought. And so picturing and concentrating on an environment that makes you feel peaceful and relaxed can help take your mind away from, you know, the thoughts that keep you up at night. So if you're stressing about things, like try to like either remember something that was very nice or imagine something really wonderful and relaxing happening, you know, being on a beach, getting a massage. Oh, I I like wedding. I like all those things. Yeah. I feel like it brings some more positive. I feel, I wonder if you would wake up in a happier mood if you did that too. This is, yes. That's a fun study somebody. Um,
1: did. what about different foods? So, um, uh, warm milk, you know, like warm milk, t- tea.
0: Do you, uh, tea is something that I have done. Like,
1: Oh, I'm, I'm a tea person.
0: I drink tea almost every night before bed. Do you, I, yeah. that's something that I started doing for a while. And I think I was also taking the z at that time. So I don't know which helped, but I also found that it just made me feel a little more hydrated in the morning. But It also, also makes
1: you need to use the bathroom at night, though.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, they also say to limit the amount of fluids that you have. So you don't have to yep. take too many stops. But
1: it's a double-edged sword for me.
0: Really, it is. Yes. But, I mean, warm milk is certainly a possibility. I guess I haven't had just warm milk by itself. I've had hot chocolate. Yeah, so
1: there is tryptophan in milk, which they think could help you fall asleep. But at the same time they don't think it actually crosses the blood-brain barrier because there's Mm -hmm. too much protein in milk. So we're not really sure if it does that, but it might even just be their ritual of hot milk, Mm. you know? So that's the thing. Like, it's like a routine, and routines are important to go to bed, to go to sleep.
0: I mean, they say that kids, like, for, like, when you're sleep training a child, mm -hmm. that routine is super important, you know? It is. It is get your milk. You read three books, you say your prayers, you go to bed. Or, I remember that was something that I did for a little girl that I used to babysit for. And it's super important because then it's like, they kind of, they get used to it. So they know kind of like the order of events and they're like, this is okay. This is what normally happens. I don't have to worry about exactly. exactly. And same thing as adults. Like our brains are, they're wired the same way. I yeah. mean, it's not that far off.
1: No. So it's just, it relaxes you, the warm milk, the tea. Other things that can help, uh, apparently nuts have melatonin. So that can help eating that um, before bed. And then certain fruits can help. I've heard like tart cherry, bananas have a lot of melatonin, pineapple, orange. So again, I think it's about the ritual, but those kinds of things can help before bed. What you shouldn't do though, is eat like spicy foods or acidic foods right before bed. Because if you get heartburn while you're sleeping that's not going to help counter yeah. counteractive
0: yeah counterproductive yeah there is this breathing thing mm. i i have done something like this focus on my breathing rhythm okay it's called 478 okay okay i'm just going to read this because they claim that it relaxes your nervous mm-hmm. system and that mm. it's not just for sleep so it can oh, okay. practice anytime you feel anxious or stressed now i do the the yoga breathing like Breathe in through your nose, slowly exhale out of your mouth. Like, that's like what I do to calm down in stress situations. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. So this says, place the tip of your tongue behind your upper – do this with me, Sarah. Place the tip of your tongue behind your upper front teeth.
1: Well, am, up am, I, teeth. am I doing this
0: now? Yes. Oh, okay. Um. Exhale completely through your mouth and make a whoosh sound. Close your <laughs> I mouth. I can't do it without salivating. <laughs> Close your mouth and inhale through your nose while mentally counting to four. Oh, my God. This is complicated. Two, hold on. Three, four. Now hold your breath and mentally count to seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now open your mouth and exhale completely, counting to eight. One, two, three. Yeah, make that wish sound. Four, Five, six, seven, eight. I think this sounds like something that you do when you have the hiccups. <laughs>
1: Seriously, I would fall asleep just trying to remember this. Like what? Well, then a, a mission accomplished. Exactly. No, I. I. I mean, just to do that like three or more
0: times. That might oh, work for some people, but I think I would like just a lot. But yeah, I, you know, sometimes it's like that. Like by having to focus on your counting. That might help take yeah. your mind off of other things. So that's maybe that's like, you're like, you know, tricking yourself into focusing on something else.
1: This true. So okay. the other f- interesting thing yeah, that right. I've always been interested in is a weighted blanket. And I say interested in, in like interested in why it might help other people, but fearful of them because I feel like I would get claustrophobic and suffocate under one. What exactly is a weighted blanket supposed to do? I'm sure people who are listening have heard of, weight, of weighted blankets. It was like kind of all the rage.
0: It's like it a actually, thunder jacket
1: for dogs.
0: If you're a pet owner,
1: yes. So things that it can help with apparently are anxiety and ADHD. Okay. Arthritis and kind of pain. Is that right? So and restless legs restless leg syndrome, and then also sensory processing towards like autism. I have heard that. Yep. So there's some research that has shown that things like deep pressure stimulation can help reduce autonomic arousal, which is responsible for symptoms of anxiety and things like ADHD, such as increased heart rate. So a weighted blanket can reduce anxiety because it helps reduce autonomic arousal. Okay. There's been a few studies, like very small. You know, I think there was one that showed that a weighted blanket reduced anxiety in 33% of people when they were lying down using a weighted blanket. Now, that was only a study of 32 people. So, I mean. That's pretty small. It's pretty small. Also, a smaller study showing that weighted blankets helped reduce sleep onset time and number of nighttime awakenings in ADHD people. But again, a small study. It could help in the elderly patients because when you get older, you're, you have changes in your awake sleep cycle as you age.
0: Okay. And you also have chronic pain. So well, I'm thinking ar- you mentioned arthritis, which is a very common yes. ailment. Yep. Yeah. For so sure.
1: there's some anecdotal evidence that shows there's reduction in knee pain and improved quality of life with use of a weighted blanket. Wow. It could help in a lot of different things. The, how how deep- costly are they? Well, and like how this, heavy? So, first, the, the other thing about the deep pressure simulation is that it actually can also cause a release of serotonin and melatonin, mm. which can improve sleep and have a calming and soothing effect. As far as your question about the weight, a weighted blanket should be five to 10% of your body weight, and it should also fit snugly to the size of the bed. So, for most adults, you can use a medium to large weighted blanket that's about 12 to 30 pounds. If you're a child that weighs 20 to 70 pounds, then the weighted blanket should be three to eight pounds. And then older adults may wanna use smaller ones, it's like five to eight pounds. Okay. So that's like kind of the general rule. They are not cheap or kind of pricey. So. Ooh, like what? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I think. I remember when I was looking, not for me, I saw that they were a couple hundred dollars. Uh, Mosaic is one of the pretty popular one. They start at uh, about 125 Okay. Gravity was awarded the top-rated weighted blanket in 2019, and they are about $250.
0: Yikes! That's twice as expensive. Yeah,
1: it's expensive. Um, There's another one called SensiCom that's about a $100, and Layla who specializes in uh, mattresses and pillows, they also have a weighted blanket that's about $1.9. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, and it's not for everybody. Like if you have sleep apnea or asthma, then you shouldn't be using this because it can impact your breathing. Um, also, Makes if sense. you're a toddler, like babies should not definitely not be using this. Okay. And um, claustrophobic people. So I would fall into <laughs> Thank you. The, to the claustrophobia. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like, this
0: would be, like, the worst possible thing. But
1: I know a lot of people that have used these that love them.
0: You know, I wonder, though, Sarah, I wonder if, like, because I, too, would fall into that claustrophobia camp, but I wonder, because the blanket weights range so much, like, think of a time, I know that my parents had a blanket that they had from, like, when they got married. Somebody made it for them. It was a heavy crocheted blanket, Okay. heavy. I wonder if it's just something like that. Like I would argue that thing would probably weighed at least five pounds. Maybe it was like closer to the eight pounds. So that might be, you know, an option as opposed to spending like $250. But then I guess you could argue like how all the benefits of good sleep is your health not worth that amount of money.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I get, I agree, but. Check Groupon. <laughs> right? I've seen the Gravity ads. I've definitely seen those. I think um, I've seen
0: Sensacomp. That sounds really familiar to me. Yeah, I agree. If it would help,
1: it's probably totally worth it. For me, I want to
0: chuck it out the window. Yeah, especially if you can't afford like a 2000 or $4,000 mattress. Exactly. Because yeah. yeah. that's a lot of money. But I money. don't really want a weighted blanket but i I understand oh no i'm talking
1: i'm talking about for others listening i understand why other yeah i understand why other people might might benefit yeah all this talking about sleep is making you want to take a nap is it
0: oh well you shouldn't take naps during the day i know it's not great right no it's not it can totally mess up your sleep so you got to regulate the amount of time that you nap okay i think that we have like we've gone over a number of like the really important things that can mess up your sleep So hopefully people can take some of those things into their own new routine that they're going to start. I know I will try something. Maybe I'll try the four, seven, eight counting. Just see how that makes me feel. I'm not going to try that. I might try it during the work day to see if it de-stresses me. I'm all about the lavender though. So what do we think about this wine? I dig it. I already poured myself another glass. Me too. I really dig it actually. Also- that messo in bottiglia nelle Propos- yes. Canteen. cantine. You know, know what that, that means? That means it means bottled in its cellars. So it's like bottled on site. It's produced on site. Like yes. it's just like a, a it basically. I think means like they do all of the things related to the wine. So site. not a message in a bottle. Not a message in a bottle. But uh, yeah. I think the message in this bottle is that Vese can hold its own by itself. I like When look at that DOCG, I didn't mention it before, but DOCG is like the highest quality that you can get from an Italian wine based upon um, the different categories of of wine because there are essentially three different categories of wine. There's just like regular wine, vino. Then you have your IGT or Indicazione Geografica Tipica, which okay. is, basically means like that has more – more regulations about things. Uh, when you get to that level, eighty-five percent of your grapes need to be of the variety. Need to be of that place that it's it's named. Um, there are some regulations with that. Uh, when it comes to Italy, the next step up that is you know higher quality, higher standards, and more strict requirements. DOC and then DOCG is even a step above that. So oh wow, that's dominazione di origine controllata e garantita.
1: I, that's probably not. a really
0: terrible accent. I apologize. But DOCG is the highest you can get and in Tuscany there's 11 DOCGs. So we're drinking from one of them. And I like it. It's really it is really good. This is a little I've had some Sangiovese that are a little thinner, uh definitely okay. yeah. um they don't have as much body or as much structure to them. This one, this one, I think there's some depth here. There's definitely some depth. Now, probably like medium tannins, but that acidity is really, it's a medium plus to, to high tannin or acidity, yeah. excuse me. And I think just like it's very balanced in terms of the herbiness as well as the fruit. And mm-hmm. because it is aged a little bit, I think we are getting more of those. Like, It's not like you just picked cherry off the tree and are eating right. that cherry, but it's a little bit. Uh, a little bit aged, and it's, it's delicious.
1: Yeah, a little bit of this and
0: some lavender, and I'm going to be sleeping well. I was going to say, like I, you know, I always thought that getting drunk before bed like helped you sleep better, but apparently it doesn't. Yeah,
1: I mean, a few sips of wine will probably help you sleep better. It's if you overdo it that it probably right.
0: Won't. And so. then you get the
1: spins. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not okay. That's not a good situation, but.
0: No, but this is fun. I was like yeah. so excited to drink this Italian wine, and also yeah. talk about sleep because it's so important. It is so important, peeps. Pay attention to your sleep. Come up with a do fun it. Routine.
1: Yeah, let us know if you have any other um, sleep tips that we should be. Oh yeah,
0: doing. especially if you have like some some weird ones. Oh geez, and not like that weird. I don't know what I'm not sure what you're thinking. But until next time, right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love
1: to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time,
0: cheers from the girls of DBP.